Okay, Tzorayim Tov, we continue in our Sefer Das HaSfiros. We hope to conclude the Sfira of Chachma and then proceed into Bino. Although I said that yesterday as well, but we got hung up on a few things, but that's okay, there's no rush. So this idea of Chachma that we say is the second Sfira, it's the beginning of that revelation of the deepest desires of the Kesser. There's other terms, we keep talking about, there's terms that Chachma is related to. And we said that it was related to the idea of Abba, the idea of Chaya, the idea of life. So now we're going to do another term, that Chachma is related to Re'iya, seeing. But not the kind of seeing that, that you're used to hearing. And what's the source of that? The prophet Yeshaya says the following. He says, Su'u marom Lift your eyes upward. Uru'u and see me bora'ela, who created this. Now, obviously, it doesn't mean your physical eye. You look up, what do you see? The sky? Right? So that can't be that, uh, that Hashem created. It means for someone who reflects, reflects and grasps the creation with a grasp of chachma. He will come to see with his senses that Hashem created the world. The best way of explaining that is the idea, I see what you mean. Okay, what do you mean when you're saying I see what you mean as opposed to I hear what you say? Do you hear the difference between them? Or do you see the difference between them? You're understanding it. Yeah, when you say, I hear what you're saying, what does that mean? No. No, you just hear what they're saying. I hear what you're saying. You always say, I hear what you're saying, but that doesn't mean I see what you mean. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? You can't see what a person means with your eyes, but it means a, a spirit, an abstract seeing. You're able to see that which is not concrete. That's, and that means you lift your eyes heavenly word and you'll be able to understand to see that there's a God in this world. Now you're not going to see God in this world. But when you look around and you see the uh, wisdom of how everything exists, just whatever you look at, you're going to see, well, who's the one who created that got to be someone who created it. It cannot come by accident. Then you're not going to see Hashem at all. See the one who created it. But you'll you'll understand there has to be a creator. And you understand that creator is what has done all kinds of incredible work. Now that really needs good old-fashioned brains. Unadulterated brains. Um, you know, if a person was born as an adult he'd see very quickly there has to be a God. But since you're born as a child and you get used to things working the way they are, you're not excited about it. You become so accustomed to the miracles that happen every second. But if you would look with a fresh eyes, you say, this is not possible. This cannot be an accident. And that's the sight we're talking about. So often we will use the term seeing when we're talking about Chachma. And therefore, there's another concept. It says, uh, it says in the Talmud, a Chacham, what's a Chacham? There's two explanations. 
And one is, He sees the future. Now, can anybody see the future? With your eyes? So what does that mean? He grasps by seeing what's happening, he can understand what's going to come out of that in spite of the fact he doesn't see it. And there are people who are, you know, suggesting, you know, when they're seeing the certain current events, they just know what's going to happen because they're able to really see with their intellect what is really going on over here and what has to happen after that. Okay. Now, on a very simple level, a coach does a miserable job with his team. Now, I don't know if you're a chacham, and I don't know too much about hockey, but it would seem to me a, a wise person would see that the Maple Leaf coach is getting fired. Yes. <laughs> because he's got such a good talent and he can't win. Now, he didn't see anything, but you just see he's going to get fired. Right? And therefore, as I mentioned at uh, Shalashudis, I quoted Rabbi Victor Miller from 47 years ago when he spoke out how Mother's Day has no inherent holiness to it. There's nothing spiritual about it at all. And he said at the time, you'll see one day it'll cease to exist. Now, how did he know that? Because he's a chacham. And that's why you were reading in the newspapers how in all the schools there now there's this kickback pushback to not have uh, to not promote Mother's Day, and in many of the schools they're not promoting it now. By the next couple of years, it's going to be no more Mother's Day because it's got to be birthing day. <laughs> so, so what does that mean? Or let's say a better example. Reb Meir Simcha of Davinsk, in 1908, he said the following. He said, those Jews who said that Berlin is Jerusalem, he said, from Berlin will come the fire that will destroy Judaism. Now, in 1908, nobody knew anybody by the name of Adolf Hitler. There was no such thing as a Nazi party. And Germans treated Jews with the greatest of respect and gave them all privileges as a German. It didn't, it didn't begin to germinate at all, even a little germ, for at least 20 years. At least 20 years. So how could he say that? Because he has Chachma. He is connected into, and he understands there's a Torah, and there's a Torah that tells us what reality is. He he read the last week's parsha, Balosacha, and the Balosacha it says what's going to happen. So he saw, he saw, he and Chavetz Chaim said uh, 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 he he sees a great fire coming from Germany. What is he? There's no no fire there. Oh boy, was it a fire! Nobody else saw this. Only the rabbis. Who are the most surprised people in the world? The secular Germans themselves. They couldn't believe it. While the other rabbis, they saw it. They saw it. What do you mean they saw it? They, they understood with their intellect that's so connected to the highest place, there can be no other result but that. 
And that's why it's called a Chacham sees the future. And that's why the rabbis are called, homiletically, the Enei Ha'eda, the eyes of the congregation. As, as Jews, we're the kind of, we don't know what's going on. We can't see the future. But the rabbis can. The rabbis tell us clearly that things are going to happen. Chavetz Chaim once said that there was, was once a story with a rich man, very rich, filthy rich. He owned many properties. And there was one widow who couldn't pay the rent. And people were employing her, and she, he wanted to throw her out. And people said, please don't. You're, you're a rich man. You can let her go for free. It's, okay. it's not going to cut down your wealth that much. He says, no, no, no. Threw her out. So the Chavetz Chaim says, wait, just wait and see what's going to happen. It was many, many years and that guy suffered a terrible, terrible ending in his life. Why? Chavetz Chaim saw it. cannot be. The Torah says, the Torah says that God hears the cries of the widow. It can't be that nothing's going to happen. So that is what the idea of, and Chachma therefore is attributed to uh, well, not x-ray vision. I don't know. How would you translate x-ray vision, but not x-ray, but for the future? I don't know. But it's like, it's like the, if just like I could see behind an x-ray, you could see ahead beyond the present. I don't know what we would call that besides prediction. But it's more than that. It's like you mamish see it. It's it's there. It's it, Although it hasn't come yet, Imagine if you're driving. You're driving and, you know, 50 miles from now is Hamilton. You know it's there. It's a fact. You've driven it many times. 50 miles from now is Hamilton. So what if I say 50 years from now is destruction? It's, it's the same thing. It's just, you see, it's there. Unless things change. But if we just keep going the way we're going... It's terrible destruction. And therefore, you got to understand. Now, this explains another idea. Looks like we're not, we're just going to finish this today. There's another statement in Parshas Pekude. It said, well, uh, not in Pekude, Bobash says, Chacham Adif Minavi. A Chacham, a wise man, is on a higher level than a prophet. Now, we know prophets were amazing. Prophets, Hashem would tell them. You give them a vision, and they would, uh, what's the word, decode the vision and predict what's going to happen in the future. The Gemara says, a chacham is greater, a wise man is greater than a prophet. And in the context of the following, it says, from the day that the temple was destroyed, prophecy was taken away from the prophets and was given to the wise men, and a wise man is greater than a prophet. And Nachmanides deduces from the way that's stated, it's saying that it's not that today we have wise men instead of the prophets, but that prophecy that they used to have was given to the wise men. That's what he says. Even though prophecy was taken away, and that's a vision of what they could see, but the, the wise men that they are able to see through their wisdom is not taken away. And they still know the truth with the divine uh, Holy Spirit that's inside of them. 
So we have two, and it's very interesting, as we'll see in a minute. So there's two ways of seeing. Seeing through prophecy, the prophetic vision, and prophetic wisdom. Okay, we'll see in a minute. And um, the mentor says, for example, when Hashem revealed Moshe Rabbeinu, when uh, Moshe Rabbeinu says, you know, Hashem shows him Moshe Rabbeinu, Rabbi Akiva, the future. And, uh, and the Gemara says that Hashem revealed to Rabbi Akiva and his colleagues more than what was revealed to the prophets. Now, you remember, Rabbi Akiva lived in an age where there was no more prophecy. Second temple era destroyed. No more prophecy after the first temple. So the, the, the Medrash says, Hashem says, I made for Rabbi Akiva and his colleagues things that I did not reveal to Moshe. I revealed to Rabbi Akiva. And that's the story. We know that when Hashem showed Moshe the future, he sees Rabbi Akiva's teaching and he's teaching the lessons and all the little crowns on every letter in the Torah. Moshe didn't understand at all what he was talking about. Not at all. And the Gemara in Sukkah, Rabbi Shimba Yechai says, I saw that there are very few people who are, people who ascend very high spiritually. And from the Gemara, it appears that Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai and his friends, they merited to see the Shechina, as it says, Bas Baklari Amira, with a clear, like through a clear glass. That's a pretty clear vision. Now, the commentaries ask, wait a minute. We know the Gemara Yavama says that only Moshe saw with a clear glass. And other prophets didn't. In other words, Moshe's prophecy was so clear it's like looking through a glass. The other prophets, it's like looking through a dirty glass, a shaded glass. You still see something, but not 100%. So the question is, how can we say that Rabbi Akiva and his students saw things through the clear glass? It only says that Moshe did, not the prophets. So the commentaries answer, when we're talking about prophets, Moshe sees the clear glass, the others don't. But we're talking about wise people. Wise people could see the clear glass because we say a wise man is greater than a prophet. So Rabbi Akiva, he's a wise man. He's greater than the prophets. He's greater, that means, the prophets see with a non-clear glass. He sees with a clear glass, just like Moshe sees with a clear glass. So that gives you an idea of how great wisdom is. And the morale explains what's the difference between wisdom and prophecy. He says a great idea. He says, where does the vision of the Chacham come from? It comes from his own brain. His brain, the brain has unlimited capacities. And you could think, if you keep thinking and thinking and thinking, even in the scientific world. I mean, Einstein, where did he get the theory of relativity from? It came from in his brain. He just had either good luck or tremendous brains or a combination of both. He was able to come up with things nobody understood. Okay, so the Chacham, his wisdom, that vision comes from inside the brain. That is, there's nothing is holding it back. And therefore, he can see things that are not revealed. But a Navi, he can only see the visions that Hashem allows him to see. 
in other words, the Navi has a has a transcendental power of vision, but God's got to show him the transcendental picture. And if Hashem doesn't show him the picture, he's not going to get anything. In other words, the Navi needs Hashem to give him what to see. Now, the Navi can see what me and you can't see because the Navi has a gift of a vision, but it's a vision to see outside of himself. And therefore, Hashem can cut it down. But the wise person, he doesn't need anything else. It's what he does himself. And the more he connects himself to God, and he connects to that source. That's how much brain power goes into him. Okay. So therefore we understand now that the Arizal, one of the great mystics in the 1500s, he could understand things that were beyond human intellect. And he wasn't a, a prophet. Because the mind, there's no end to the mind. We use such a little percentage of our minds. You know, yet there are certain Sadiqin who could do two things at a time. If pictures of rabbis with the right hand answering one question and with the left hand answering another question at the same time, how is that possible? Their minds are incredible, right? So, and he, and it's not like he saw things from outside himself, okay? So therefore, this grasp of the Chachamim is incredible. And then we talk about one last thing, which I think we can skip because it talks about a higher vision and lower vision, but I think that's enough. Now we're gonna move on to the eighth essay, and we now begin with the Sphera of Bina. So again, we're going one to the next. Kesser is the top, that's the crown. That is beyond, that is beyond a person's, even knowing what he desires, is that ultimate, ultimate connection to Hashem it's way beyond what we can even understand, even consciously. Now, now, from there we get to the Chachmah, which is the first revelation of some information that's out there for the person. It's expansive thought, and it's not concrete. Now we move from there, the, the next step is Bina. Now that's, we'll call that the second thought process, okay? And Bina, what does it come from? The word Beis Yud Nun Hei comes from the word Havana, which means understanding. In he, it's, it's the best English you go. So Chachma is wisdom. Wisdom is the information, the abstract information. Bina is now, we'll see in a minute, it's the second thought line where you take the abstract information and begin to concretize it. So we call that understanding or Bina comes word biniya, which means to build. So therefore, you get from the sphere of Chachma and you build on it. And from what you have, you expand on it and internalize it more. So really, the step from Bina, Chachma to Bina, we'll say is the step from abstract to concrete. Now, when you abstract, there's unlimited amount of abstraction. Bina now says, okay, now we gotta not make it abstract. We gotta now, okay, that's, it, it, I, I just don't have a handle on it. We gotta put it into this world application. So what does it mean, practically speaking? How much money is it gonna cost? How much space is it gonna cost? How much time is it gonna be? 
Is it practical? That now we're concretizing, but you can't concretize until you really understand the concept even better. So while the Chachma is this abstract, right? I, w- I want to move. Okay, good. That's about as abstract as you can get. Okay, now let's try to get a picture of that. Where do you want to move? What kind of house? How big a house? What neighborhood? How much money is it going to cost? Now, in the abstract, I want to move. You know, I have uh, someone I'm speaking with now. He wants to move from one city to another. It's a small city. He wants to move his family to a bigger city where there's more Yiddish kind. So the Chachma says he's got to move. The kids are older. They got to move to a, a more religious city. That's Chachma. That's for sure. You got to give the better day schools, better everything. <laughs> Bina says, if I sell my house here, I get a fraction of what it costs to buy a house there. Bina all of a sudden is saying, this isn't going to make it. If I do this with the high interest rates, I'm going to lose. And, and the guy's got a good job offer in another place, a good job offer. But still, the price of everything, he's going to lose $3,000 a month. So the Bina is saying, this ain't going to work. All right, so that's just a simple example of that where you really, once you begin to understand what it really means, I mean, moving in theory is a nice thing. Oh, it's so great. I'm going to move to a big house and I'm going to be, it's going to go to, kids are going to be near the best schools and the best schools and the best this. And I said, wow, that's amazing. Okay, now let's see, let's check it out. Doesn't make sense. Now we get to the, it's where they say the rubber hits the road. Okay. Now, as well, okay, Bina is now associated with the female gender, and that's why the partsuf, remember we say there's, you remember, Chaya, Yechida, and then we say Neshama. Neshama now is going to be the level of soul where it manifests as the sphere of Bina and the parts of, of Ima, the mother. These are important codes. So now we understand the Ima. And what does Torah tell us? Very interesting thing. Torah says that women have Bina Yaseira, extra Bina. That's a reality. Women have extra Bina. Okay. And Bina means to understand one thing from another. If this is true, then I guess this is going to true. And what does that mean? That means if you really understand, this is item A. But the more I understand it, I understand what the essence of A is, then I already can start understanding, well, how does that relate to other things? Until you have a firm grasp of the idea, you can't really relate it to something else. So, you know, we're moving. Okay, do you have a firm grasp of what moving means? You notice a lot of people who, who have a lot of dreams and they never come true. Because they got a lot of chachma, but no bina. And that's why, you know, why do um, people go bankrupt? Because they have chachma and no bina. <laughs> that's all there is to it. Or they're lacking das as well. But that, that's clearly one aspect over here. So therefore, when we're talking about partsufim faces, Bina is the parts of, of the Ima. And the Vilna Gon says, just like you know, a human being is created in the image of God. 
And what do we know that the mother receives from the father? What did we say yesterday? That drop of semen. Now remember, that drop of semen has the entire DNA of the child inside. As semen goes into the woman, and what does she do with that little drop? She builds a baby. Okay? So that's just like that's what an Abba and Ima do. Not a husband and wife, but Abba Ima, because they have children. That's important. Husband and wife don't have to have children. But an Abba, to be an Abba, to be an Ima, you have to have children. So that's the face. That's the, the realm, the plane of existence. Okay? So therefore the parts of, the parts of the face of the Ima receives from the father that first flow. And really, a lot of things are concealed in it. And now it takes that flow and now makes something real with it. And the Zohar therefore calls this also Aim Habanim, the mother of the children, which is now another aspect of Bina, the mother of the children. Okay, what does it mean, the mother of the children? Well, let's think about a mother. It's all very, all what we call analogies, but they're very good analogies. Now, what is the main concern that a mother has for her children? Is they should have everything they need. Isn't that it? Everything they need. So guess what? That's what Bina is about. To bring to the world everything it needs to come to its perfection. And that God employed that Bina when he created the world. And so are we too. <coughs> and therefore, we see that Bina is associated with a lot of things. For example, it's associated with the Shabbos. Why? Because what Shabbos is all about? Shabbos is to give us a taste of the world to come in this world. Okay? So now, people in the world of the six days of this world, they got to understand that life is much deeper than that. And how do you see a much deeper reality? That's what Shabbos is. Now, that doesn't happen by itself. You have to do all the preparations. But on Shabbos, you could look back at the other six days and see the divine nature of those six days. And that's the Bina that Shabbos has. Or Yom Kippur, where you look at all your actions and you look deeply into those actions and you see there's gotta be corrections. Right? Usually people think what I do is good, right? How can you figure what you're doing is not good? How can it happen? When you did it, you thought it was good. How can you think it's not good? You gotta look at it deeper now. And similarly, Sukkot, has this idea, because what's a sukkah do? It shelters the people who live underneath. And therefore the Bina helps with this also. These are all aspects of Bina in different parts of reality. Let's take a little further. What about, we're talking about the 6,000 years of creation, okay? But now we wanna be able to come to that point of the, to get us through the 6,000 years of creation that we end up, that there's a Jewish people by the time Mashiach comes around. So where's that help coming from? It's a divine help that's called the Ima because the mother always worries about the kids. How long does the father worry? <laughs> Here, I gave my seminal drop, I'm finished. Okay, I'll give you some money. But the mother's constantly worried about it. Okay, and that's why the holy name of Hashem that matches that face is called Aleph He Yud He, which in Hebrew says, eh, yeah, I will be. 
when Moshe says, what's the name that I should tell them about the redemption? That's the name, because that's the future, not just the past. I'm with you for the future. And as well, Bina is sourced in fire. Important idea to understand that. Why is that? Because what is the source of all fire? Because what does fire really do? If you look at fire, describe to a blind person what you see when you see a fire. Well, something that is going upwards. Did you ever see a fire go down? If it's not windy, you ever see it go sideways? It always goes up. Now, what does it do? It burns what it gets in contact with, and where does it send it? Up to the source. Everything is sourced through God, right? And that's Bina, is to repair everything and bring it everything back to its source. Okay, while Chachma, wisdom, is going to be which element? Water. As we said before, you have to be humble to access the wisdom from the Kasser. And just like water goes down to the lowest element, so too water goes to the lowest element. So we got interesting, and we'll see as we play manipulate this, if Chachma is fire and Bina is water, how we're able to have them live together. Finally, the last point for today is how many gates of <coughs> Bina exist. As the Rosh says, there's 50 gates to Bina. And with that, the world was created. Moshe got 49 of them. <coughs> he didn't get all 50. What does that mean? What does all that mean? So the Rizal says Moshe, he did get the 50th when he died but not when he was alive. And the Rizal says, Rabbi Akiva was able to get <coughs> 50th even in his lifetime. And in that way, he was greater than Moshe Rabbeinu. And, uh, and that's why Moshe said, when Hashem showed Moshe the future, Moshe said, Hashem, you got such a great guy, and I'm the one giving the Torah. Because Rabbi Akiva was able to even take it further than Moshe Rabbeinu. Now, what is that 50th level? We can only say a little bit about this, and unfortunately we're running out of time and we're not going to be able to explain the whole thing, but just to leave with the idea, the 50th level is the truth of God's existence. <coughs> truth of God's existence, which is hard to understand. What does that mean, the truth of God? Well, Moshe had a problem at Sinai. He said to God, I don't understand. Why did the righteous suffer and the evil prosper? So what was going on over there? Now, Let's understand, what was Moshe's real question? Was he questioning that he thought God was wrong? He didn't question that God, you know, he didn't, oh, God, you must be an idiot because you do these things. That's what he meant. He says, I just don't understand how it works. I don't understand how it works. I mean, I know you do everything right, and I know you have the right answers, but I don't understand the answers. Okay, so what was he missing? That 50th level of being. To know exactly why, why. There's a good reason why the righteous person are right. But you don't know everything. God knows everything. When he died, he reached that level. When you leave this world, Hashem can now, when you become totally unified with God, and you get to the source of everything, then you really can understand even that which is unintelligible. Because now you, you're not in this world anymore. Okay, we have to end 
now, but we'll talk more about this Shar HaChamishim, because this is incredible um, amounts of wisdom that you can have. All right, we'll stop it over here. Shkoyach, everybody.